0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're talking Tigers. We're talking about the Palazzo podcast. We're going to be talking about the start to the season, low run scoring environment and more with my energetic uh, friend, Michael Govier joining us right after this hey everybody welcome to the rotowire fantasy baseball podcast just uh, tweeting out the link here so people can join us hopefully uh you guys can jump in the live stream here i'm jeff erickson i'm here with michael govier from the palazzo podcast with the great background there i love that michael is that new i I don't i don't think i've seen that one before
2: yeah i updated a little bit here we brought down some of the tone yellow was a little too bright so we softened it to more of a maze and of course i went to michigan so yeah i can't help myself
1: my mom went to michigan did i ever tell you that
2: yeah, that's right. You know, she's we have not done this show together. We did the football show together, but I did it yeah. with Scott Jenstad. So I've been on the show once, but this is our right. first time being on the show together.
1: That's right. We did. You did football with me. Uh, but yeah, my mom's from Detroit, went to Cody High School, uh, went right. to Michigan. So uh, she's a full on Detroiter and Michigander there. So I, I had a lot of summers where I drove up from Indianapolis to Michigan and Detroit and all that. So good stuff. Um this is a Detroit-centric podcast. It was Mickey Day. We thought it was going to be Mickey Day. It wasn't. Got intentionally walked in the eighth inning. Wah, wah, wah. But I actually understood. It made sense at the time. Lefty on the mound, second and third. Uh, hey, don't bl- blame Candelario for uh, grounding in the double play right before that. There, if if, if he gets a hit, if they already get the two two nothing three nothing lead. If it's not a one nothing game, I get it. Uh, yeah. Then you pitch to him. But the circumstances kind of dictated that.
2: Yeah, you know, you really think it was the decision of Boone to do that? Or I mean, I Boone's gonna make all the calls. He's the manager, I get that. But I wonder who actually made the call on the Yankees side. I know they want to win the game. It's a tight game too. It's one to nothing at that point before mm-hmm. Meadows opened it up with a two run double, which was fantastic. So it I get it. It just seemed like the last at bat prior though with Jordan Montgomery, he didn't really challenge Miggy either. I found that to be more offensive because there was a lot of change ups and breaking balls. He didn't really challenge him until that last fastball, which was up and Miggy just kind of half whiffed at it.
1: Yeah. Uh you know, I, I mean that he no one wants to give it give up a milestone hit, I don't think. Uh I, I you don't want to be the you, you know, you don't want to go full Eric Shaw and sit on the mound while they do a ceremony, <laughs> but uh <laughs> <laughs> the same time you know, no one really wants to be there or steve traxel sulking after um in mcguire it hits his thing so have you you know you're going tomorrow night that's, that's, i it's, am it's, it's, so you benefit from this I, i'm so excited for you i hope it happens
2: me too. I took a shot in the dark. I had tickets offered to me. Uh, shout out to Dave Chauvin, some other guys who are local here, also play at NFBC. They're big-time fantasy baseball dudes themselves. And uh, I passed it up because I had a lot of things going on today. And now I lucked out. I guess it was a prescient decision because I'm definitely hoping it. It's Friday night. Beautiful evening. It's going to be in the 80s here this weekend, wow. Jeff. So we're, we're looking at ridiculous weather for late April.
1: Springtime has come to Detroit. I like it. After starting the week with snow. I mean, it, it, that, that's, <laughs> you know, that that, that was Monday, yeah. <laughs> you know, what? It I was. used to live in Chicago and I, I remember April being the the wide spectrum of weather and Detroit, it's got to be even worse. Same with Minneapolis. Uh, you know, <laughs> you, you get that tease in March. You get that. I, I talk about this all the time. You get those two days where it's 55 or 60. You're like, all right, spring's coming. Break out the shorts. And then you get like 30 days of clouds. No sun. It's 30, 20. Slush everywhere, mm. just it's the worst. So happy for you get that. And I have never been to a milestone game. Um, me neither. I've, been, I've seen some feats, but I've never been to like a career milestone sort of game. I, I was at a the feet. Okay, well, that's interesting. Fernando Tetis seniors, two grand slams in one inning game. I was there. Oh. <gasps> Oh, wow, that is a feat. <laughs> yeah, I've seen things like that. I haven't been a no-hitter, though, either. Uh, I've been in plenty of games, but...
2: Uh, nothing for me other than the last game at Tiger Stadium, but that was more of like a closing ceremony. It sure. was not a Sure, you could call it a milestone, but I wouldn't call it a milestone, so... Yeah, uh,
1: but... I'm, that would be amazing to be there, see the 3000 hit ceremony. That would be awesome. I think. What if this
2: drags in? What if he doesn't? What if he goes over for the whole weekend and then they hit the yeah. road again and he does it on the road? Will they sit him and like give him some time off? Because I mean, truth be told, Jeff, once he gets this three thousandth hit, I'm going to be really curious to see how often he plays. Because I mean, all respect to the world to Miguel Cabrera, a legend, a Hall of Famer, no doubt mm-hmm. about it, but. Uh, they're moving in a new direction, and he already did the ceremonial handing of the glove to Spencer Torkelson in spring that training cool. for first base. Yeah, so uh, I'm going to be really curious to see how often he actually plays because, I mean, he's just not a good player anymore, frankly. He's an average, he's not even an average player, really.
1: Yeah, yeah, unfortunately, uh, you, you know, he we were hoping maybe he had the, the, dead, the dead cat bounce that Joey Votto had last year, um, and instead it was Votto that did it, not him. And now Votto yeah. needs to do it again. But uh, Oh, he
2: will. Play. Just wait till the second half,
1: right? We can, yeah, poor Votto. I feel bad for him just because I'm a Reds fan. And I feel is Votto a Hall of Famer?
2: Do you think he is? Because I don't, his numbers don't quite get there, but he had some really great peak years. I, he needs two more years
1: like this last one. Mm -hmm. And I think if he gets that, then it, then I think that conversation's a lot easier to have. Um, I'm predisposed, he's my favorite current player, uh, but. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you're probably right. He probably is not right now. So,
2: well, say, he probably gets in. I think he yeah. still gets in because he seems like a Hall of Famer. It's strange. It's a strange time, and the world's changing, and hits don't matter as much. Hey, Harold Bays in the Hall of Fame now. So if Harold yeah, if in. yeah, that's our uh, We've got up.
1: other issues. We just need to get like ex Reds managers in the Veterans Committee, and we'll be fine. But oh, uh, yeah, yeah grease it joy. in. Grease it in. I feel bad for Baines in a way. Well, I don't. He's fine. He's happy to be in the Hall of Fame. But you <laughs> know, killed. everybody knows it's the old boys network that got him in. Uh, but and meanwhile, look at to you,
2: Tony Larusa, right? Looking at you, buddy, Tony Larusa, the same guy that batted Lurie Garcia
1: third today, some for some reason.
2: And, uh, uh, he just can't endear himself to the public in any way, Kenny. <laughs> <Right>?
1: No, it's <laughs> short of winning the World Series. I think it's going to be very difficult. The Thing is, he does like save puppies and things like that. He does do some good things. Uh, yeah. you know he's always been an animal rights guy uh, so I'll give him he that. was
2: he handled when uh, Daryl Kyle passed away I, yeah. I watched a documentary about that he was uh, he was a rock for that team he's not a he's not a bad guy just I think he gives this image that he's rough and gruff but underneath it all inside the clubhouse I think people really respect him and like him even even the bigger gap that now he's getting close to 80 with the younger players I think they like him in a way
1: Well I'm friends with two formerly former major league baseball players one of which played for him and loves him. Didn't love him at the time, but ah. now speaks very highly of him. It's like, there yeah, go. he had my best interest at heart, even though if I didn't realize it when I was a rookie coming up. So, uh, you know, that that's Brendan Ryan, by the way. I, I, it's no state secret. I'm not like trying to hide it. But <laughs> former major league uh, player, utility guy, basically. Briefly had a run as a starting shortstop. Best defensive player I've ever seen in person. I play softball with him, believe it or not, still. Uh-huh. But, big game tonight. Yeah, big game. <laughs> big game indeed. Uh, but... He he talks highly of t- uh, Tony, so I think that's cool. Uh, some other things we would talk about the, the surrounding the Tigers of Michael Pineda made, made his debut of twenty twenty debut. He was not a pinata. He was the opposite of that. Hey. Really even had a pin prick. Uh, you know, looked pretty good <laughs> out there. Now not getting too many strikeouts, but you know the Yankees are can't get out of their own way at the plate right now.
2: Yeah, Joey Gallo's a ticking clock that is winding down. I I don't have any shares of Gallo. Not that I'm, I don't pick them all. I don't get them all right, but I don't ever see the value at this point with him. So I avoided him everywhere, and I'm not surprised by his start. But Michael Pineda, very exciting start here. I mean, he, Big Mike, came out there, and he'd been delayed with Visa issues and other stuff, and he finally shows up, and he pitched pretty good. You know, 32% CSW, 32% whiff rate that's a pretty even number there that's that's rock solid it's not elite but it shows me that he was fooling them enough and the Yankees are a patient group so if he can get the swings and misses then that's going to be a big boost to that staff so I'm all amputated right now in terms of 15 teamers or deeper absolutely should be rostered Uh, 12 teamers I'm still going to wait a little bit to see
1: had him active in one of my two main event leagues So, uh, that uh, I was very happy with the result of that came at a perfect time for the tigers too, with, uh, both Mize and Manning hurt couldn't have been a more perfect timing for them.
2: Yeah. Manning. I wasn't, I was a huge Matt Manning fan two years ago. I thought he was the best of the three between him, Scooble and Mize. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, he's going to be the dude is. Father was Rich Manning, an NBA player, or was his uncle. I think it was his uncle. And there's a lot of athletic prowess, and he's a big dude. I thought he'd be imposing, but he cannot strike guys out. And that's the same problem for Casey Mize. And locally here, as much as we can gather from all the insiders around here, Casey Mize's elbow sprain is its not season-ending, but it's not good either. So is, is it going to heal? Are they going to keep him out for six weeks to two months I would be dropping Mize. I'm I'm very dubious of Mize. That's my opinion here. And Manning, forget about it. He just doesn't strike out guys enough. And until he shows otherwise, I got other guys I'll be interested in rostering.
1: I agree. And I was going to ask you if he's a cut. Mize was a cut. I'd say for sure in a 12. And even it's hard to even ros- you know roster on your active roster in a 12 anyhow because the strikeouts haven't been there. It's kind of a it's a projection to think that he could get the strikeouts. Are you thinking about the pedigree? You're thinking about maybe the stuff's there, but it hasn't, you haven't seen the strikeouts yet. So he was kind of borderline startable anyhow. So I agree. Yeah. It's a cut. So it goes. Bad face. Yep. There's other, and there, there's other out there. And uh, certainly with Manning, I agree as well. Uh, a couple other uh, Tigers notes. Uh, I wanted to talk about from this one here. Gregory Soto came up huge in this game. Uh, got that out and they uh, got the got the play uh, the, they got out of the jam in the eighth and got the last three outs in the ninth he's the closer there was there was some concern about him being the guy they named him as the closer but like oh it's Gregory Soto walks everybody uh he's good he looks like he's uh he's locked in now
2: nobody commands more respect than uh, vlad sedler the legend the roto got himself i love vlad huge fan of yeah. vlad good friend of mine well a decent friend I don't want to say that i'm you know I'm that cool. I'm not that cool. But uh, he was actually off Soto, and it kind of freaked me out a bit. I was wondering why it was, because locally it seemed like Soto had all the makings to put it together this year as the closer. And I know Michael Fulmer has lurked there, and he's going to be a free agent after this season. So people thought, hey, we're going to get the best of Michael Fulmer. And Michael Fulmer's velocity is up. That's promising. but. Right now, what I've learned about A.J. Hinch, at least from the local writers and what you can gather here, is that he's very direct on who has a role and when they're going to pitch and when they're not. God bless Tyler Alexander, <laughs> when Pineda had his issues, he told Tyler Alexander straight up, like, okay, right now we're going to use you, but when Pineda gets here, you know, you're moving back, and that's just how it is. So he doesn't, he doesn't cause any issues in the clubhouse, I think, and I think that's a real positive, and it gives a bit of confidence to a guy like Soto. So... He's a two-pitch guy. It's not complicated, but he throws gas. He had a max velo of 100 today. That's that's what he does. And if he can fool him with the one breaker, then uh, he's going to get a lot of saves this year. But, you know, Fulmer will be in the mix, just like every closer position outside of Josh Hader. You know, it's going to be tough to find one dude who's dominating the pen all season long. Soto will be the guy, but Fulmer will mix in, you know, a save here and there.
1: Yeah, uh, Michael Fulmer, the most picked up and dropped player in the NFPC last year. Uh, Jeff Zimmerman, according to Jeff Zimmerman, uh, really, I, I was part of that. Uh, remember <laughs> he was a starter. Then he got hurt. It's a starter again. And he was good. Then he was eh, just, okay, we're going to move the bullpen. He's going to close. Okay. Pick him up yep. again. Uh, he's
2: not closing. We're going to drop him.
1: Oh, we're going to pick him up again. You know, just, Oh my God. I was just going up and down, up and down with him.
2: Uh, I was on that wagon. I was on the bandwagon. Oh, yeah. I admit it freely. Yeah, indeed. Uh, so.
1: Uh, One last Tiger thing. Austin Meadows got the double today. He's doing fine. He's hitting for average, but he's not hitting for power. He's doing like the opposite of what we expected from him, where he'd hit for power and, you know, maybe take some walks, but, you know, he'd hit for like 220. No, he's hitting three-something, but no power so far.
2: Yeah. When Austin Meadows got picked up right before the season started, I was jumping for joy. I was so jacked up. It was a big moment because the Tigers – just haven't made a lot of moves like that. And that seemed like a good trade. And everybody thinks the Rays are always swindling teams. But if you start to look at the last few of their trades, they're not exactly swindling people. The Blake Snell trade, I wouldn't exactly say that they won that one at all, for example. So when Austin Meadows showed up here, I was expecting a guy who would hopefully hit for a 270 or better average, but I thought he would take advantage of the gaps. And Mm -hmm. with him being a lefty, you know, It's harder to hit home runs to right field than it is in left field. Left field is quite easy. If you look at historically at Comerica Park, you can really take advantage of the left field area, but it's tougher as a lefty to be a 30 home run guy. So I was expecting a power reduction, but an improvement in doubles and triples through the gaps this season. So uh, I'm I'm still still optimistic that the power will be there, but if you thought he was going to hit 30, 25, 30, you might want to pull that back down to 20. I think you do that with
1: almost everybody Uh, right now. You you pull back a little bit. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Mm -hmm. Before we do that, uh, our first of a couple of reads here uh, brought to our folks at Better Edge. Bet against others with no fees involved. That's right. No pesky hidden fees to ruin your day. Better Edge is a social betting marketplace where there's no fee on each transaction. Better Edge is a social betting marketplace and chances are it's legal in your state. We bring betting back to its social roots where you can like, comment, and challenge other users all within the app. Play without getting played at BetterEdge. Go to BetterEdge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R-E-D-G-E.com to sign up today. Thanks to BetterEdge for their sponsorship. All right. A couple of guys uh, I'm going to talk about. Just not a couple of guys, but I want to talk about. you. Met, we mentioned Meadows. Talked about dialing back power projections. We're dialing everybody back right now. Uh, the ball is not flying as far. This is has caught everybody's attention. Jason Collette was on it last week, and uh, Collette calls on RotoWire. You know, Joe Sheehan wrote about it. Jeff Passan's writing about it now. Everybody's paying attention to it. Teams are hitting 230 as a whole across baseball. There's 0.90 home runs per uh, team per game. It was 1.22 last year. Huge drop. It's affecting all of us right now.
2: It sure is. But you remember last April, too? the average was just as bad. I mean, they, they, people were freaking out about the batting average across the league in the early part of the season. Like it was, I think it was actually a little bit higher than this year, on 236-ish, and what, when the month ended. We still got to finish April here, but... Yeah. Yeah. It is clear to me that the power has changed. The ball has changed. And I, I'm not a conspiracy theorist here. I'm not trying to rattle the cages unnecessarily, but who knows what version we're dealing with now. Something's been changed here. Because the ball is always the culprit, and we never get a clear answer from MLB, so it's confusing, and I'm always suspect of it. I I read the article last year, which was put out, I think it was a a Forbes, uh, it was a big article about the ball and how there's confusion about what it is, and there's people keeping track of guys like your uh, favorite, Hunter Green. I posted this in my Fantrax article, which I do every week, the Fantasy Baseball Confidential, I review the week before, and I look to the week ahead, and Hunter Green had pointed to the sky on two home runs which was odd because the home runs are down. So what are you to make of all this? I mean, follow the numbers for now. But the big stat I take away from this was what I heard on the Mets broadcast this week. And this is where not just looking at box scores, but actually watching games for a little bit when you can, can help you because they do dig into these nuggets that will be useful. And last Sunday was the first time that there was more steals than home runs for the entire day since 2017, 2018. It's been four years. So... That's yeah. a telltale sign.
1: 15 games, 14 homers that day. Just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, and I don't like it. I like the slugfest. I, I liked happy fun ball. You know, I'll deal with that <laughs> at least. But, you know, I, I hate taking away scoring. I, I, just, I think it's hard enough to hit. You know, hitting a baseball is like a 95-mile-an-hour pitch face, a fastball is ridiculously hard. It is one of the hardest things to do in sports. And sure. now they're making it harder. Now that you don't even get the value of the ball carrying it, I think I saw with uh, barrels, the ball's flying
2: seven feet shorter. Uh, it was just, that's, that's a lot. That's, that is, that is noticeable. The only thing I'll say, and I'm sure you would agree, is that you know, it's only April here and it's early in the season where offense will not be where it is in the summer. It's uh, historically the ball flies farther in summertime and the weather. So let's see what happens because last year it was really tough. Mm-hmm. And then they got rid of the gunk. And then maybe the ball changed. (laughs) I don't know. It seems like it did. And then there was much more offense in the second half. So who can say? But we can only go off of what we have right now. I would adjust accordingly and try to maybe get some of the better bats that you can. If it's going to be like this for a while, you want to have an offensive edge. Because it seems like pitching is... I said this preseason, I didn't predict the offense to be reduced at all. I just thought starting pitching depth was so deep this year in, in all my drafts. So that still seems to be the case right now.
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, James Anderson asked me this on the, the XM show uh, yesterday. I'll ask you the question. Knowing what we know now, two, and two plus weeks into the season, what would you change? If you knew like the ball was going to behave like this,
2: how would you change your draft? That's a great question. Right on the spot, I will tell you that steals are up. So I wouldn't have made such a priority with some of the super steals guys, mm-hmm. like a Alberto Mondesi, for example. I would have Isaiah kiner Falefa is playing all the time, fairly regularly, and he's stealing bags. That's a great. That's a yeah, guy I could have in got one game this week. Yep, exactly. There's been a few, several actually, double steals efforts by a lot of different players, and with the rosters also being beefier early on because they're not making cuts until May first, which is something we already knew. So you could have made an adjustment for that. I grant you, but uh, I, think, uh, I think I think I want to focus more on the big boppers because they're. We always took power for granted. You listen to any podcast, yeah. any show about fantasy baseball, oh, power is always there later. That's the thing you can always get later. But that seems to not only change now, but even last year a bit, it seemed to be changing a bit. And now I wish if I did do it over, I would have took a guy, Eloy Jimenez is hurt, for example, but a guy like him, I might have bumped up a bit more. Yep. Somebody with tons of power. Fran Reyes is a guy. He's, I know he's struggling early on, but uh, that's the kind of guy I would have bumped up more.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, even early, Like, Freddie Freeman slips to the end of the second round because he doesn't run. You know, Raphael Devers slips to the second round because he doesn't run. It's the old Arenado problem. You know, when Arenado was in cores, he was, you know, four categories, he just didn't run. But do you really take him at five because you're passing up on steals? Yes, you do. I guess that's the answer there. Um, (laughs) You know, and James had the same answer, so it's funny. Uh, You know, guys, even the same person that you cited, Eloy Jimenez, is a perfect example of that. You know, someone that you know, is that would, would benefit now granted. Like you said, he, he's hurt. He did play today. Fran Mil Reyes hit his ho- first homer today. We're making progress there. Uh, is that Cleveland offense is hits. dynamite.
2: Yeah. Dynamite offense over there. Huh? Well, they've really changed the script
1: there. It's so funny that uh, they just swept the white socks. Uh, <laughs> they, I,
2: didn't see that Dallas coming. Keuchel. Oh, Dallas Keuchel. Oh. Uh, you, Darvish, and Dallas Keuchel so far. Two absolute disaster zone starts that just destroyed ERAs and whips. But really hard to come over, overcome a nine-earn-run effort by Darvish, and then Keichel giving up 7 earned himself. That's tough. Yeah,
1: and at least Darvish, you can counter that with two decent outings, some strikeouts here and there. Keuchel, you don't get that I, I ran the Keuchel train last year, so I, I, I got cured of that. And You're, run a lot of tra- to- You're running a lot of trains. Yeah, no, I played <laughs> all the leagues. <laughs> yeah, there you go but uh brutal brutal uh just you get that outing and just it's so hard to recover from that it takes a while especially when every other pitcher is throwing shutouts daniel lynch throwing a shutout he was terrible his first time yeah.
2: yeah Jordan Lyles, oh boy shout out to phil Dussel, the master <laughs> yes yes uh <laughs> so
1: that that one is just it's it's amazing uh just to see that there and seeing that we had 10 pitchers yesterday went at least five innings no runs allowed at all. Um, and, it's just, and then today, we saw Kansas City, uh, Minnesota was another one nothing game. Zach Granke, Zach Granke versus uh, Joe Ryan. Joe Ryan has had three good starts so far.
2: Yeah, I feel really bad. I started to kind of see Joe Ryan towards the end of the draft season as a real value. I was late to the party on that, I admit freely. And now I'm, I'm filled with regret on Joe Ryan. I wish I had got more shares of him because I think he is exactly who a lot of people who knew about him purported him to be and also I want to mention this Wander Franco I think we were really wrong about Wander Franco as the guy who's not a fantasy there was this reduction right yeah he's not a fantasy guy so much as a great real life player oh, I, well, I know it's early 7,000
1: times yeah
2: me too and I, I regret that I completely regret that now because I what I'm seeing from him I'm seeing the pop even in cold weather nights at, at Wrigley Field so uh, I was yeah. wrong yeah uh, you know the question with him is what again
1: we're so hyper focused on speed. Is he going to run? He had sprint speed, but was he going to run? Was he going to steal? Because those are two obviously two different things. He has one bag so far, he has one homer so far. He's hitting 392. Man, love that bat control.
2: Yes. He looks so he's 21 still. I mean, he looks like a pro. He is such a veteran presence at such a young age. And when you see that, sometimes the eye test does tell you things. I know we're we're drowning in data, so we have plenty of data. But I look at him and I'm like, you know what? That guy is a top 20 player, hands down. Yeah. Would you do anything different on the pitching side, knowing what we know now? think so i in the main event i took two hitters right off the bat and i don't regret that at all now because of all the available pitching it you were seems to be 13th right i uh 14th yeah i was 14th fourteenth
1: yep. next to spore that's right that's uh, right yeah. yeah a lot of chatter in that draft table. <laughs> you had a lot you had the fun ki- uh, fun kids table there uh who did you go with the t- your two hitters
2: uh right off the bat i went with ozzy albies and then Mike Trout was still there when it came back around, so I said, "You know what, this guy. I know the injuries are always going to be there, and we're worried about the steel reduction. And of course, he got hit by a pitch, which is just (laughs) it just exploded the anti Trouters. Hey, I told you so. Look at that! But he got hit by a pitch. It can happen to anyone. Relax, okay? Tomorrow too. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm pleased with taking Albie's and Trout. I don't. I wouldn't really change that at all because I knew that I took Darvish as my number one. And then I had Freddie Peralta as my co-number one. Peralta's been rough. That's been unfortunate. And he's pitching in Philadelphia tomorrow, which is not like – they kind of gave him some more time off. I'm like, are we really going to Philadelphia to get Freddie Peralta right? I was hoping maybe they could get him in against Pittsburgh at home, and that didn't happen. So. Yeah, bummer.
1: Uh, that's absolutely a bummer. I have a little bit of Freddie Peralta in my life, too, and used him in uh, Tout Daily on Friday last week. That was not smart. Um, so I, I could have <laughs> gone – There's like two other aces, and I went with the wrong one, so – shame on yeah. me. It but
2: happens so it goes. Uh, but I would yeah. change anything, really. I, I kind of like what I ended up doing and uh, nothing really stands out like, oh, I've I wish I had done A or B. I, I I don't think so in that draft anyways.
1: Well, you're off to a good start. You're second in the league, you're top 100 so far. I mean, that's that you you've gotten off. You haven't haven't spiked yourself, so it's a good start. <laughs> and I had uh, you Darvish. I had you Darvish, so that's thank you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, see, it's recoverable. You can recover from that. That's um, true. You have, I, I know you, you were tweeting about saves. I know I think you've got Barlow uh, as one of your closers. And, but you picked up Daniel Bard, and that's been massive.
2: A total shout-out to Greg Jewett and Reliever Recon. Those guys are doing great work over there, daily charts. I, I fully credit them with leading me onto to Bard there at the very end of spring training. So once I saw that they were liking him and they gave some reasons for that, he was still throwing hard. He throws, he throws nasty stuff. He's thirty six. I know. He seems like he's so old, and he had a rough twenty twenty one. But there was nobody that was going to really usurp him in that pen. That was the other thing too. Who was around him to take away? Alex Colomay, He's. He's just as old, and I, I just don't trust him as much. Yeah. Robert Stevenson, your old pal from Cincinnati? Hey, Robert Stevenson's going to take over there, that job. That didn't there happen. There was like some January buzz on Stevenson. I remember that. Ever I so drafted briefly. him once. Yeah. I drafted him once as a closer in one of my first drafts in January. I'm like, he's going to do it. It's finally going to happen. So, but yeah. Uh, yeah, Bard's the guy there, and I, I, I picked him up everywhere and drafted him everywhere late in drafts. So that has been a even I'm surprised five saves or so already. It's like wow, what a gift already. That's a big boost.
1: Yeah, he and David Robertson massive. If you got one of those two, I yep. have Robertson. I picked him up in um, one of my two mains and a couple other places. I was asleep on Robertson until about mid March, and I saw uh, you know some positive reports coming out of Cubs camp, and you know just you could see that they didn't want to give the uh, job to Rowan Wick. So that that encouraged me to do that. Uh, Givens did get a save in Colorado, one of those saves. So it's still not done there, but I do like Robertson.
2: Yeah, I got to tell you, I thought it was Givens. I was completely wrong. I mean, it wasn't completely wrong. I just thought Givens would slide into that role because they paid him a good amount, $5 million salary. But Robertson has been the guy, and if he's healthy, he'll probably – Maintain that job, but will he stay healthy? That's always been the question mark. Right, with good old. Well, and Givens is
1: good. Sarah Sanchez was on last week, and we we're talking about Givens and how his Love stuff Sarah. is good and uh, that. She she was great. Uh, and makes me and I did pick up Givens in one other league where I'm just I'm dying for saves. The other main uh, where I'm fighting the I got both Kansas City relievers active this week. I've got Barlow and Stallman active. So yay, two saves. Those are my only two saves all year, though.
2: <laughs> yeah, Barlow. I took as my first closer in the main event. And I kind of, I really thought that Matheny was going to stick with him as his guy, but his Velo was down and Stonemont has looked really good in spring training and coming into the season. And he's been given that opportunity, but I don't just as I thought Stonemont was the guy, then Barlow came in for the save the day after. And it's just going to be a back and forth affair. I thought Matheny was more of a one, take kind of guy. But what I learned also from reliever recon is that they say Matheny is just going to go with what he's feeling at the time. So I wish maybe I had gone elsewhere to a different bullpen and not locked in on Barlow as a closer that I could really rely on when there was other guys later like Robertson, which I couldn't have predicted either. But, you know, that's a game you play. If that's why people said, take Josh Hader, take Liam Hendricks early. Those guys are always going to be closing and you don't have to worry about it.
1: Yeah. Well, and where you were sitting, I mean, at at set, pick seventeen, that's tough to commit to that. That's really exactly. Tough. You know, you're not going to get them at forty four. Yep. Yeah. Uh, was now were was Iglesias glacius available? Was any of the other top closers available when at the three four spot for you?
2: Yeah, at forty four, I don't. I believe I could have gotten Iglesias, but I just. But the closers were going really, really, really fast, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was also a drop-off for me. I liked Rizal Iglesias over the years, but he had been, I mean, you know him as well as anybody back with his time in the Reds. And there were great moments, and then there was a ton of unreliable moments. So I i also thought there was a gap between Iglesias and guys like Hendricks and Hayter. So that's why I went in a different direction. I was like, all right, I'm going to lock down starting pitchers, and Xander uh, and Bogarts, who I really really thought this year he could have an mvp season. I, I know everyone's always been chasing that and maybe I'm a fool, but the lineup is so good and he's in his prime. So I'm not I'm not passing that down. I'm not saying that won't happen either, but yeah, uh, I, that was my focus. I'm fine with Bogarts there. I'm totally yeah. fine with that. Uh, I, and he's been fine. Had a
1: and I know he had a double t- today against Romano to actually get the uh, one rbi I think or one of the two rbis there. But, you know, he's fine. He's just not going well, actually- that much anymore. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he's not. Actually, Iglesias, Class A, and Edwin Diaz all went right before that Bogart's pick at 44. So Okay. So you didn't even that have to shout out of right. those guys. Yeah. I could have had to roll this Chapman, but
1: I passed on that. Oh, I'm I'm passing on I passed on Chapman all season long. I still I'm still I I I that's that was my fade. That was my closer fade. And mm. he 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 hasn't allowed any hits, but he's walked, or I think like maybe one hit, but He's walked a ton of guys. I'm still, and that was the walks that scared me away with Chapman too. Plus it's a walk year.
2: Yeah. After the constant, constant frustration with him last year, it got really bad. It was boiling point and they have a lot of arms. They like in their pen. So I could yeah. see why you'd fade him. I just, I still think they try to rely on him because they put a lot into him. They still want to try to get the, as many saves as possible as they can out of him. And, uh, For sure. right now it's shaky it is it could go either way at this point so if i'm not saying you're wrong and i'm not saying that i because I, I drafted a role of this in a couple of the leagues thinking all right it's a little later i can get him and i still think that he can return a 30 safe season quite easily but uh you know he, he got right against my tigers doesn't mean he's gonna stay right at all so yeah
1: yeah exactly
2: <laughs> um i yeah
1: I, i'm happy to be wrong about him uh he won't be on my roster. Um maybe I'll trade for him later on in like tout wars or something like that if I need it, but oh, as I'm waiting for Presley to come back in that league, but uh you know, otherwise no. I'm I'm pro- I, I'm happy to be without him this year.
2: I'm also happy to play the closer roulette game. And some people wanted to just avoid it by taking the elite players. But if mm-hmm. I, that's the work. That's part of the grind of a fantasy baseball season. I like doing that. I like going through the wires and making fab bids and trying to get the value. I think that's how you can usurp some opportunities away from other people and boost your points by making the right calls. You're not going to get them all right, but that's part of the fun. And I like doing that digging.
1: I do, too. My problem, though, is I play in too many leagues. And that, 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 that's a problem that it's a me problem because I'm fully in control of that problem, by the way, too. Uh, yeah. And yet here we are. I've got like 17 to 20 leagues every year and probably about 12 of them are fab leagues. Not 10 of those on Sunday night. And yeah, it, I, it just you, you it takes a certain amount of time to do it right. And when you have that many. leagues, It's just impossible to do them all properly.
2: Yeah. I feel you there. (laughs) I know exactly what you're talking about. The more people ask me to join, Hey, let's do this. We want to do this. And I got to say, no, you got to start saying no at a certain point because you're just going to hurt the integrity of the league and yourself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. As the Palazzo podcast expands its broad uh, reach, uh, you're (laughs) going to get asked more leagues. You're now showing up at the NFBC in
2: Vegas. You made it to first pitch Arizona, your presence.
1: You got a bigger footprint now.
2: It's pretty cool. It's I've loved most of it. I've learned so much from everybody and uh, you know, There's also people who don't like you, and they're going to be like, you know what, you don't know Jack Squat, and that's okay. Some people aren't. You're not going to please everybody. When I was a teacher, I used to say, hey, if I can get 75% of the room, I'll take it. So that's fine by me.
1: Yeah. And I think you get you get like 98 percent of the room, I imagine. Right. Um, yeah. You know, with the exception of one commenter today, uh, I think we're, we're doing pretty good. But uh,
2: you know. <laughs> yeah, Kent doesn't like me. I'm sorry, Kent. I'll, I'll do better. I'm, I need to come up with more of my own opinions. And I promise that I will continue that pursuit. Yeah. It's a guarantee. All
1: right. Very good. Very good. Uh, quick note from our friends at Vivid Seats. Baseball is back. That's right. An entire glorious season, all 162 games. And with live events resuming, you can actually be there to catch all the action in person with vivid seats. Every backdoor slider, every round tripper and every double header can be experienced live. And with vivid seats rewards, you can start earning free tickets from your very first purchase. Just buy, collect stamps and redeem. It's that easy from behind the dugout to the upper level. Vivid seats has you covered for all the games that matter to you. Pro tip. Buy tickets for your whole group, split the bill, and make progress towards your free ticket even faster. Just visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Life happens live. I actually used it to go see the Dodgers-Reds game and see Hunter Green in person on Saturday. That was pretty awesome. So That must uh, have been
2: amazing.
1: It was. It was. 39 pitches, 100 miles an hour or more and of, among his 80. It was totally worth it.
2: Yes, a bonkers. That guy's so exciting, and I can't believe that he got called up, to. That's been what's, one of the great bonuses of this season is all these rookies that got an actual start right away. It's been a real boon, a real positive for the sport, I think.
1: Yeah, uh, that's about—yeah, it, it does not apply to Pittsburgh uh, with O'Neill Cruz, but otherwise, <laughs> no. yeah, you're right. Yeah, Pittsburgh's going to Pittsburgh, so unfortunately unfortunately uh Julio Rodriguez, Bobby Witt, any of these struggling guys are you worried about long term or for the most part are you convinced that they're going to be who they're going to be eventually
2: uh, Yeah, I mean it's just so early. I don't want to make any proclamations. Uh, it would just be unfair, I think. I we know that Witt could strike out a lot. That was always part of the game, and Julio Rodriguez was still developing. So they gave him. He was crushing it in spring. So was Kyle Higashioka. He was crushing it in spring, and then that went away. So yeah, yeah. Cody Bellinger was terrible in spring, and now he looks like oh, maybe he still is pretty good. What do you know? So it's so it's so early here. It's April twenty first, twenty twenty two. I I would be patient and wait it out. But I think if I would rather have one or the other, Witt or Rodriguez, I think I'd still rather have Witt because. The Mariners have playoff aspirations, and they might pull the plug on Rodriguez before the Royals will pull the plug on Witt, if you're looking at the context of the situation.
1: I'd agree. Um, I'd agree with that for sure, especially because Witt, they kind of played that game last year. Do we call him up or not? Now they're kind of locked in. I think it's to go. Kyle Lewis is coming back at some point from the Mariners. They have an inflection point, which... They have cover to send them down. Although, I think you look at like exit velocity, you look at the stolen bases, there's little things with J Rod that made me think we're going to be okay still.
2: Yeah, I, I totally believe in him as an elite talent. But if we're talking yeah. a ticking clock here this season and redraft, uh, I'd probably have wit over Rodriguez in redraft for this year. Yeah,
1: I'd agree with that. Uh, wit went at, at the time, Paul Sporen right next to you took him as the min pick, 4.1. <laughs> he so, did. And then the next weekend, he was going in the, in the, or in the third round. So uh, people had to top that up. But, uh, and same with J-Rod. I saw him go in the 40s at one point, which that blows my mind.
2: Yeah, that was, I think, a little too much of the hype train. He's still a great player, but he's got he's to gotta go through the motions of struggling a bit and figuring it all out before he can really achieve his apex.
1: Yep, I agree. I agree. Um, got some news and notes. Emilio Pagan got the save for the Twins today.
2: Mm-hmm. buying him as the new closer. Absolutely. Now this is where I'm going to shout out to Plaza podcast, discord community. Shout out to you guys. I love you guys. We just had a discussion about this in the discord that Pagan. Not, and before he got the save two days ago, somebody said we got ABC or D who would you rather pick up? And I said that Pagan between the four of these guys, it was a series of borderline closers that you might get saves, might not get saves. I said Pagan was the guy who was most likely to get a save because the other guys around him just didn't have the experience, and there might not be a trust that Baldelli would have in them. So I'm very excited about Pagan being that guy, and me and Eric Cross have him in our tag team league. We do a tag team league run by Matty Wood, and I think I have to double-check if we dropped it or not, but we were considering dropping Pagan on Sunday just because we had other closes. We We actually had a plethora of riches there, so we said, hey, Pagan, we can spare, but if you asked me 2 days ago. I can prove it to you now. I've got receipts as they say that Pagan is going to be the closer for now and I'm glad that uh, he got that opportunity. Yeah, you've got support in the chat too. So there you go. I like it there. Hey, Thank you all right. All, right. all right. Thanks Mike. Yeah, he's one yeah. of our discorders. Thank you Michael. You're the man. Nice. Like it. Like it a lot there.
1: Um yeah, we Shu and I uh, Tim Shuler and I uh, co-run our uh, main event teams and we actually dropped Hector Neris before the Presley injury, so we're then then we lost out on picking him back up. So it was beautiful. Uh, (laughs) It just totally whipsawed ourselves.
2: It was awesome, but uh,
1: that happens too. Um,
2: Oh yeah, I've got serious closer crises and crises in other teams. So yeah, I'm with you there.
1: That that's the Barlow Stelmont team too. That's the two saves team. So Uh. it's even worse. We kept like Ken Giles who was hurt, and now we've cut and now we've cut him. So. The sale's yeah. a mess.
2: See, I love Paul Well, I love Diego Castillo. That was one of the guys that Michael mentioned with Pagan. And I said, I like Castillo's stuff more than Pagan's stuff, but Pagan's opportunities would be more viable. So Yeah. And
1: I, I meanwhile, I was on the Pagan Pagan train. Here we go with trains again. Uh in San Diego, two Woo-hoo! years running. And just like, nope, not this year. Not touching. Because San Diego, he was still in the mix before the trade that he'd be part of San Diego's pen. I'm like, nope, not doing that again. Uh hey, hey, I was right, but I wasn't. Yeah, you know, he's not part of the San Diego closing question, that's for sure. Robert <laughs> no Suarez, way. by the way, he's stabilized after that opening day disaster. He'll never close, but you know, he's he's pitched well since then. Yeah, uh, how's that?
2: Did Nelson Lemet's gonna be the closer thing working out? I don't think that's gonna happen either.
1: Oh, I rostered him for a while thinking he might have a viable so, role. And so did
2: I. I took a couple yeah. shots late,
1: no doubt about it. Yeah. Uh still rooting for him to be a viable pitcher. He still might be, but uh just yeah. That 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 is that one's settled. Yeah, you know, good for Rogers. Good to see him yeah. finally be. He is the guy. He's just a really good pitcher, so I like seeing him get the role. Mm-hmm. San Francisco, Jake McGee, voila, got did get a save. I guess the season began yesterday for Gabe Kapler. Uh, you know, it's, remember his quote: "If the season begins today, Jake McGee is my closer." I guess it began yesterday.
2: <laughs> I like that McGee's got two saves on the year, and I still like Duvall better. I watched Deval in the extra inning affair against the Mets in that doubleheader earlier yeah. this week. Woo! He got out of a jam with some nasty sliders, fr- freezing people with the back door. I love Duvall, and I wasn't loving him until this moment. I-, I have completely changed my tune. I want Duvall everywhere, and even though McGee will be like the— it'll be like the Fulmer situation, right? He'll get saves here and there, just like many other bullpens, but I'm all about Duvall now. So, Duvall created that jam himself, though, too. He
1: hit a guy he and did. lost another. Uh, well, that's and then why And the like Mets it. Gave him an out. That was so bad. They just they sacrificed Bunt to a guy that couldn't get through a strike. It's Buck, uh, old school Buck, man. He's got to do yeah. his old school thing. Yeah, he does. He does. But <laughs> that was terrible. But it, 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 you know, and they eventually won the game anyhow because Pete Alonso made an incredible stretch. Uh, oh yeah,
2: I, got, I had that screenshot for a few days. <laughs>
1: Yeah, His face looks awesome. so
2: funny. Ooh, that was yeah. great. Yeah, that was it an was. exciting day of baseball, man. You think it's early? It really was an early afternoon doubleheader on a weekday. That was fun. That was a lot of fun.
1: Well, and I sometimes I hate it when two teams that both have good TV boosts are playing each other because then you have to decide between which one. I like the Mets and
2: I like the Giants crews. Love pipe, yeah, yeah. they're really good. And the calls now with the umpires doing the NFL style challenge announcements—that changed. That made that moment where Alonso got the overturned call way more intense. It was awesome. Yeah, exactly,
1: exactly. Uh, And that that was great. By the way, Frankie Lindor off to a great start. Hit his fourth homer today. He year two in the Mets uniform much different than year one so far. He's
2: back. Yeah, I think yeah. he's back now. I, I gave him some crap during that game, actually, because in the first inning, Cobb, and that's the other thing, Alex Cobb got hurt, had to leave that game. Uh, he struck him out on an inside corner fastball that he whiffed at, I'm like, oh boy, he couldn't get around on that fastball? But then he made me eat my words, because he was great the rest of that day. Yeah,
1: he, he was, and... You know, our friends, uh, Rick Wolf, Glenn Colton, have always said one of their rules of engagement is get, go year two on the big contract guy, not year one, not the year where you signed the big contract or the big trade or, uh, you know, new location, you know, avoid that, especially with the guy. It's his first big contract too, as the case was with Lindor. Yeah,
2: that's smart. I like that.
1: Yeah. I, I've been, try- I've been uh, more aware of that. I should say more cognizant of that going forward here. So I've got that going for us. Uh, quick question from Michael. He wants to follow up. Uh, you called Pagan. What about Boston? What do you think? Uh, he, and he follows up. Cora wants it to be Barnes, but I'm convinced it's going to be Robles. What say you?
2: Well, my actions state that I think it's going to be Whitlock. And I can't tell you how excited I was for him to get that first save against the Blue yeah. Jays the other day. It was the most exciting moment because one of the core strategies of a lot of my drafts was drafting Whitlock as eventual closer. And I didn't think he would close right away. I've always said this, but eventually they would just realize that this is where this guy needs to be. You can't trust Matt Barnes. Hansel Robles is a journeyman. He's been decent at times, but he's also been fallible. And I was really worried when Whitlock made that catch to get the out at first. He was covering first base and it looked like he might have popped his knee, but he was okay, stayed in, finished the game. I'm saying it's Whitlock, but I just I can't give you a date. It'd be a lie. It'd be unfair for me to say. Yeah, Yeah, it might because he's starting Saturday. Exactly. (laughs) That's part of the problem here. But he'll probably go a couple innings. And he's he's an opener. He's a closer. He's a part-time starter. He's all over the place. So I guess if you want me to pick someone besides Whitlock, I might. I probably. I might go Robles. I I might go Robles. Yeah. All
1: right. All right. Fair enough. Um, I want to talk about your podcast and the song parodies you do and everything else, but quick, uh, we got to play a couple of ads from our Blue Wire sponsors.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. It's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope.
2: Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13.
1: All right. Thank you for that. Uh, we are on the Blue Wire Network, and we're happy to do that there. So we always play a couple of their ads. So thanks for you listening for those of you listening live. You didn't have to hear them. So, all right, your, your presence is growing and growing. The Palazzo podcast is gaining all sorts of momentum and it's great. I love it. You've got a Patreon podcast where you do a lot of your song parodies, the latest being hype train. Uh, I love that one. It's great. I think we did a parody last time too. I had you on,
2: uh, Hollywood Brown. Say goodbye to Hollywood. (laughs)
1: That's right. That's right. Um, that it, it's you have a lot of fun doing that. I, I love how creative you are, and it's something different than everybody else does. I'm not sure there's a question there, but speak about your parodies.
2: Thank you very much, Jeff. You're very kind to me, and I appreciate that. You've always been a supporter, and you know, you're you speak for yourself, you're a legend in this biz. So, I love getting a chance to come on the show and have fun with this stuff, too. You know, I, a lot, and at, I work. At fan tracks, I write in articles here or there when I can, and my editor gave me a great compliment the other day, not to toot my own, own horn too much, but he said, I love how you, you know, inflect your personality in your writing. A lot of people take things very seriously, and, you know, this is, you know, you should take it seriously. When there's money, Skrilla at stake, you want to make sure that you are getting the most out of every opportunity. I get that, but... I also want to have fun, and people might think I don't know what I'm doing because I I could be a bozo, and I'm silly, and I do these songs, like you said. I loved, a hype train was actually an idea from somebody in the Discord. Someone said, you should do hype train to night train by Guns and Roses. So I said, okay, let me get on that. So that's how that came to fruition. People, I don't just come up with them myself. A lot of times people give me an idea from Twitter or from the Discord, and I'll go to work and see if I can make it happen. And I just think it's fun. I, I love singing too. I always have. I think we talked about music a little bit last time we were on the show together and mm-hmm. I love music. I love all of that aspect. I love fantasy baseball. I love connecting with people and you put all that together. I'm, I'm very fortunate and I'm very grateful. I will mention this Jeff, because the last time I was on the show, somebody reached out to me and said how grateful they were that I mentioned it, that I, I had, in recovery from opioid use, you know, almost five years. And so I'm just going to remind people again that, hey, life can go on. There's a better way forward. And that's why I'm more grateful than ever because, you know, my life wasn't always so great, but I figured it out and I'm very happy and healthy and really grateful to be where I am today. So just remember that if you're hearing this or watching this. Absolutely.
1: And I love hearing that too. I think that's fantastic. And Had I heard hype train during Favapalooza a few years back, I might not have bet on bid 300 of my fab dollars on Nikki Lopez. I would have learned uh, from that there.
2: I don't know about that, but yeah, you might've at least thought about it for a minute. Yeah. Uh,
1: But I do love hearing success stories like that. Um, I love that you're getting to know more of the people in the industry. It's a great industry. It's community. I think that's the better word for it there. I've made my living doing this for the last 20 plus years and I'm forever grateful for that. So I just I'm happy other people are getting to sharing that success too.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. I I look to you as the model, and hopefully one day I could be sitting where you're sitting, doing. I want to do this for a career. I love doing it. I love talking about it. If I didn't have anything to offer, I would walk away. But I think I have something to offer, and I'm going to keep grinding and see where it takes me. But I've met so many people. It's not an exaggeration. It's so true. So many people I have met through this, through Twitter, through going to Vegas, going to first pitch, like Jeff mentioned. And you know, COVID delayed a lot of my initial start because I got my start in January 2020, right before COVID hit. So yeah. now we're making up for lost time and I'm making so many connections. And that's why if you have any questions or you want to reach out to me, hit me up on Twitter at MJ I wanna to- I want to connect with you. I want, to, I want to give that start to somebody else or just be able to lift up anybody that I can who has something to offer, no matter what it is. I, I want to be able to do that, not because it's about me and my ego, but just because other people have done it for me, and I want to pay it forward.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I used to be the young guy in the industry. Now we see you <laughs> and a bunch of other guys at first pitch at, at, at uh, the NFBC. I mean, I'm 41, man. I mean, slow down. <laughs> I'm not I'm 50, that young. <laughs> so I still got you, but we're not uh, that far off. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were in your 30s. I thought you. you no, know, I, I got low 30s out of you. So that's I'll good.
2: be 42 in August, man. So here we Very go. Very
1: good. Very good. I like that. There, still younger half generation. Okay, fine. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, go win your softball game. Thanks for joining me today. Double header for you tonight. I I want to hear good things. Uh,
2: My big position, debut. Where do you New play? team. Uh, They want me to play third tonight because they need a third baseman. I'm brand new to this team. I'm a free agent off-season acquisition. So uh, third's not my specialty. I admit that freely. It's a really terrifying position at softball. Yeah, yeah. You're right there. It's beyond the hot corner. It's like the frightening corner, but uh, I'll do what I have to do. All right. Very good. Well, good luck. Have some fun, and thanks for joining me today.
1: Hey, thanks, Jeff. It's been a real pleasure. My my pleasure as well. Michael Govier, everybody. MJ Govier on Twitter palazzo podcast fan tracks uh lots of good places you can find him see you see it right there go uh, you know patronize his patreon and uh we will uh we'll revisit him in football season as well thanks for listening everybody take care